This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said Podcast. It's something for the weekend time. Joining me to discuss the weekend ahead, which involves Aston Villa taking on that team at Villa Park that is the only team in the Premier League that is yet to fashion a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity after three games. What do you think of that, we'll Mr. Chris Burns? We'll soon change that. We will soon change that, I can guarantee, within five minutes. Well, they've got a minus five goal difference. They haven't scored this season, no points. Uh, West Ham, obviously, decent last season, but they've kind of they fell away, didn't they, towards the end? Yeah, they did. The game is on Sunday because uh, West Ham were playing in the Europa League. Uh, they, they got through, what was it, 6-1 on aggregate? Yeah, 3 on the night against was it V-Borg. Uh, or Viborg and 6-1 on aggregate. So they are through uh, to the group stages. We had to play Tuesday night, but I suppose at least, well, it's 48 hours more recovery time, which is significant. But uh, I don't know, when a, when a team needs a goal and, and a win... Uh, a team needs anything... We know, we, know the, uh, the, uh, the, we know the drill. It's not even a drill, it's... Uh, Routine? <laughs> no, tradition, folklore, ah. folklore tradition of, of football. It goes way back... BC. If you've never listened to the show before, this is just a uh, quick catch-up. Uh, we are actually recording this before the press conference uh, due to uh, things that we have to do in our lives, uh, so we can't actually wait until uh, But we know what conference. he's going to say. But uh, there's no injuries, is there? No. You know what he's got to say. They're starting to uh, rack up the uh, negative stats. Hmm. Three wins in 14. Uh, we are, uh, in terms of the BBC did did a hatchet job on us. I mean, I just posted their table of uh, average points this season and then just uh, put my tin hat on and ran for cover. <laughs> but, you know, it's facts. I'm, it's yeah, not it's this like calendar it's, year, wasn't it? Which was made for pretty yeah, painful uh, you. We're averaging, we're 15th. Obviously, the 17 teams that have played in the Premier League in both seasons over this year. Everton are the worst with an average of 0.88 points. Then it's Southampton, 1.05 points. And then it's Villa, one point won three points per game although above us it's uh, West Ham 1.14 points per game uh, this year so uh, there is parallels between West Ham and uh, Aston Villa a bit of a uh, claret uh, and blue relegation six pointer then isn't it in, in that they're pretty shite in the year 2022 <laughs> not a vintage year we should take some positives here because we're thinking about West Ham of last season and obviously they've got some decent players. They haven't 
got it all together uh, this season and, and pretty much similar boat as where we are yeah. in terms of where they ended the season. So we should be looking at this as an opportunity to get on track. And, you know, the, there's this big swirl, Paul vortex of negativity on social media and people just get caught up in that. But, you know, you went to the Bolton game. Uh, pretty much the fans are still on board that actually yeah. go to games. And I think at Villa, we'll be all rooting for Villa to actually beat West Ham. Yeah, it's not it's not anti Gerard. It's just generally the the frustration at the overall club in general. It's just you know, come on guys, get your shit together. Yeah, and you know Gerard's starting to get it on uh, Twitter, but uh, you know as I've said. Uh it's kind of a fickle beast at this stage because if you start picking up wins at the start of the season, it is a tricky fortnight ahead. You know, let's let's not kid ourselves. But if you get more wins within the next month, then it becomes about this season and not you're not adding on last season's mm-hmm. uh, negative finish to uh, you know create a narrative. But you know, I don't think we would be that bothered about this season's results. It's more about the performances and the lack of uh, signs of progress. That's the worrying thing. And then you know, couple of that with Carlos's injury, which is a big red alarm bell, and uh, the fact that really there's only Kamara that's come in to actually change uh, the squad that we did uh, struggle with uh, at the end of last season, or well, the whole of this year, shall we say? Yeah, and sort of Coutinho, who you brought in in January, has been very, very hot and cold and has yeah. been pretty cold. But anyway, let's uh, get into this. We like to start the show uh, with, uh, well, there's, there's something for the weekend with a Villa Minute. Uh, we actually have, uh, coming up, we have a proper sponsor, uh, probably going to be for something for the weekend, actually. Normally, I turn sponsors down because it's betting companies. They want you to sign up to this and that. You don't really get anything. Or you have to shave your balls or something. Or you have to like shave that. your balls or something. But I've got one where all listeners win. You get something. Something that you like. Well, most of you will. Something anyway. that will bring you pleasure. So uh, stay tuned to that. Uh, we will uh, get that up and running. But in the meantime, uh, for a Villa Minute, we traditionally uh, we visit the P.O. Box every uh, every week to see if there's anything there. Anything there this week? Well, unfortunately, after last week's performance, you know, obviously away from home, the uh, the premium watch brands were a bit reluctant to get back into bed with the Villa boys. But in keeping Ooh, with are we, the... Uh, is, is, is it the Villa brand tarnished at the I moment? I think so, yeah. The, the, the Villa brand, frankly, the Villa are letting us down. Yeah, um, costing us money per slow. Come on, yeah. But in keeping Gerard. with the, uh, theming the watch with Villa's opponents, we have been sent two Hammer H smartwatches, which are like Hammer unisex. Horror. Well, that's that's the Villa version, <laughs> um, which are like unisex fitness watches where you can monitor your training and progress with pre-installed sports profiles. Thank you very much. A bit of running, climbing, cycling, football, basketball, and everything like that. Eight sports. Which one's your number one sport? Uh, table tennis. All <laughs> oh, right, okay, carry on. <laughs> me, um, me, me too. <laughs> snooker. These these fools that listen to this don't really they don't know about our table tennis podcast. Believe it or not, I did table tennis as part of my A level PE. I shit you not. <laughs> How many decades was that ago? Not as long as you think. <laughs> um, it Carry also on. has you know the usual heart heart rate monitor, perfect for Villa's performances at the moment, and of course, most importantly, GPS for when you're looking for to uh, to find Villa's midfield. All of that. A relative snip at £70 a pop compared to last week's rather more expensive option. What What are we going to do with £70? I can't even buy a week's supply of toilet paper. Uh, it's just about I'm my monthly payment on my season ticket. That I <laughs> can't do anything with this kind of stuff. Send it back. Say, say not interested. Have we established if it's got a stopwatch? It only needs to last a minute. Can, has it got a stopwatch? Yeah, we're going to be in there somewhere. 
All right, let's use it. Villa landed at Selhurst Park looking to clip the Eagles' wings and shut up the Villa Twitterati with back-to-back wins after beating Everton at Villa Park. They had the perfect start with an early Ollie Watkins goal who coolly slotted home when put clean through before the wheels fell off away from home again. Palace mm. were levelled in quick times. Aha punished some shoddy defending to slot home. He then put them ahead from the penalty spot after Dinya was unluckily called to have handled from very close range. Mateta rounded off the scoring with a brilliantly executed goal as Villa's defence was carved open with ease for the umpteenth time of the afternoon. 3-1 it finished and probably flattered Gerard's side who'd gift-wrapped goals again and his midfield went missing just like on the opening day. But it wasn't all doom and gloom in the week as Villa took 5,000 supporters up to League One Bolton. It took a Bolton goal to awake the mighty multi-league cup winning Lion. Villa responded with a goal directly from a corner straight from the back page of Nanny McPhee's set-piece spellbook sublimely conjured up by Douglas Louise who had been practising it five hours a day for the past two months. Danny Ings then dispatched the penalty he'd, he'd earned to change the mood of the evening. Lucas Dinier managed to score in the opposition net getting his first in Claret Blue and second for the Claret Blue if you count his OG last season yes. with a clever finish after the keeper went walkabout. Leon Bailey added the fourth with a classic goal that had shades of Bertrand Traore. With the game won, there was just the formality of drawing Man United away in the next round. The club released impressive updated visuals of the North Stand redevelopment of Villa Park. But with, but with Gerrard now just three wins in Villa's last 14 games, all eyes are on the pitch as the Hammers land at Villa Park for a bank holiday Sunday showdown with both sides desperately looking to get their seasons going. Ooh. I think it's a good opponent to have, I actually. Think it's great. Why not? Why yeah. not? Let's do it. In terms of uh, the order of this Arsenal Manchester City, and I'm putting my positive cap on uh, nicely to have that Bolton game, then West Ham, and then uh, you've got a little bit of momentum, a bit of belief. You can have a crack at uh, those two teams. And it's still early doors in the season. You know, yeah. strange things happen. So, uh, you know, Arsenal think they've got it going. Uh, they might just trip up. Well, they do traditionally have a wobble, don't they? Even when they've been so good, they've always... But no, it's, it's always like teams that win the first couple. You know, it's, they don't go on infinitely winning, 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 unless yeah. they're, you know, Manchester City. And it feels like the top side's kind of haven't really got into their stride yet no no so uh let's not d- get doom and gloomy there's uh, nine points you heard it here first we haven't had a big prophecy in a while have we there's going to be so many people uh on twitter so disappointed if phil had got nine points jesus <laughs> christ there'll be tears get screen grabbing people just in case oh, uh, three boring one nils just in case we get those nine points then we can have a field day but uh, a lot has to change i don't think think uh there's any tra- we don't have the uh the privilege of uh hearing the uh, the press conference uh i think gerard will be uh focusing on the, the win at bolton as opposed to the loss at palace probably best no real news uh, uh in terms of injuries i don't think uh the only thing uh, is well, is matty cash has he got a knock or was he just rested no, he was just rested yeah. He was rested for Bolton, yeah. I mean, they, they played a, a pretty strong side. I mean, I, yeah, the teams came out an hour before, and I was like, bloody hell. I expected us to make five or six changes, but still have a relatively strong lineup just because yeah, of the size well, of the squad. You, you should have seen my comment after your comment on Match Club, because uh, I said, I think they're going to go strong. I think they'll play as close to their full-strength team. The only thing I didn't expect was Martinez to yeah, play. Yeah, I saw him. I was like, bloody hell. Because I just thought, I mean, there's logic to him playing in the end, because... Rather than it's like show respect to the fans, uh, you know, taking this tournament seriously, I think more is about we need to get this together. We need Mm -hmm. to get this defensive unit down. So they need this game is like a blessing. It's like another game. It's almost like a preseason game. Yeah. 
to try to get them down. That's why Martinez started to essentially uh, to make sure all the communication was going because you know it was a, it's been a shambles. And uh, I mean, it's quite good. I thought that we went one nil down just to have some adversity, to have that experience of coming back from adversity and flipping it around rather than uh, you don't really learn anything. Do, you don't really learn anything do, if you go sort of four nil up at half time and then give away a stupid consolation. You just kind of it's yeah. been a bit of a stroll. Then was actually Villa kind of went through the gears a little bit as Bolton tired. So in the context of what's been happening in the league away from home, to go behind wasn't necessarily a bad thing in this game because it gave the team a chance to uh, dig themselves out of a hole. And uh, hopefully that will uh, see them well uh, in the Premier League. But yeah, no no surprise in the uh, actual formation. And, and I think uh, I thought Ashley Young had a good game, actually. He did. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, um, he put in, a, he put in a good stint. He's still uh, still life in the old dog yet. Yep, very much so. Uh, in terms of uh, any changes uh, in this game, I, was, I think it's going to be. In, uh, would he? Do you think he'll go the the Watkins and? Uh, I think Watkins definitely plays, uh, yeah. regardless of who's yeah. alongside him. Uh, do you think Ings will get a start? I don't know if I'm honest. Do you think Buendia will play in behind them instead of I th- uh, Coutinho? I think Buendia will start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Coutinho didn't do too badly, to be fair. At Bolton, I thought he, he sort of got involved, as he should in a game like that. Really, he should be, you know, levels above and was at times. But you know, I, I warned on this show when we got him. I was like, I never, I never saw him as you know, everybody's creaming their pants online, but I never saw him as a major threat when we played him. He can certainly be shackled because he hasn't, he hasn't got that like ridiculous pace, has he? So he's not going to destroy you physically. I wouldn't say no to getting him in, but it, it only becomes a complication if he's like the you know the teacher's pet and uh, we actually sacrifice the team dynamic to actually uh, bring him in because it can compromise that situation. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as we've said a hundred times, he works well when you've got a good team and at the moment we need more hard-working, uh, organised kind of midfield setup to uh, get the house in order. And, and be able uh, to protect him and get him the ball. I mean, you know, Grind Kamara out and, points, yeah, rather than luxury players. Yeah, you know, Kamara, McGinn, Louise, with great respect, did not, they didn't have the best of nights even at Bolton. Especially in the first half, they got really on top of them. They pressed them hard, and I, and I think um, Bolton probably saw what Palace did, and they said, "Right, we're going to we're going to sit on Villa. We're going to press hard, knowing that with a team like that, they're going to blow themselves out after about an hour because they can't maintain that level." But certainly in the first sort of half an hour, Bolton were really all over them and physically bang up for the fight. And you know, McGinn didn't have his best game again. Well, McGinn, Kamara struggled just because I think they put men on t- right on top of him. I think McGinn's the the cross which uh, Gerard's going to get nailed on uh, unless he possibly. Uh, sorts out that midfield and maybe even uh, drops him at some stage. But obviously, you make somebody captain, it's it becomes a headline if you drop mm-hmm. them. And uh, question marks arise and eyeballs, uh, you know, focus in on the city. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Situation. Uh, in terms of West Ham, uh, any thoughts on them so far? Why they've had a, uh, shall we say, slow start to the season? Might be just a similar thing to us, where they kind of didn't finish the season with much momentum. They've maybe had half an eye on getting their European stuff going. Um... 
You know, they've, they've, they've lost of, again. Right? I mean, they lost at home to uh, Manchester City. So that, you know, fair enough. But they've lost at Bright uh, to Brighton at home, and then they lost uh, away at Forest, uh, which you could say is similar to our Bournemouth experience. Mm-hmm. Brighton are a decent team. They were they're a well-drilled outfit. So them and Palace, even though they hate each other, are kind of similar. That kind of peas from the pod in terms of how they've their managers have got them uh, set up. Yeah, it feels sort of West Ham have maybe in a, a slight little bit of transition where they've, they've bought quite a few new players in. They've spent a lot of money, haven't they? But maybe they don't quite know how they want to. A similar to Villa, they, they just they don't know their team yet. They don't know their formation. There's a, you know, maybe it didn't work towards the end of last season, so they feel like they need to freshen things up a little bit. Hasn't quite worked, but similar to our predicament in terms of when you look at our next two games, yeah. uh, there's a bit of pressure on West Ham as well because after us, they've got to play Spurs and Chelsea. Uh, and then, I mean, Spurs are looking good. Yeah, uh, at home to Spurs, away to Chelsea, and then uh, well, Newcastle come to town. Who knows? Maybe Newcastle are uh, considered a tour de force now. Certainly in the uh, the calendar year, they are averaging one point nine five joint with Arsenal, uh, the the fourth best uh, team in the calendar year, average in terms of uh, average points per game. But anyway, that's that's another fixture. But yeah, the next two fixtures are uh, pretty much like ours against uh, what you would consider potential top four teams. And you know, we've obviously got Arsenal, uh, the informed team, while they've got Chelsea, who are perhaps mm. not so hot at the moment. In terms of their buys, uh, do you think they've had a good winter so far? Because they've been buying. Well, they've spent probably over twice the amount that we have. Yeah, I mean. It's a bit of a mishmash of talent. You know, just sort of like they've got Cornet from Burnley, who was dangerous on his day. There's a lot of guys who, frankly, I don't know. They've got the lad from Skamaka from Sassoulo, who's the, the forward. A um, couple of P- PSGs. Areola, the keeper, was obviously on loan. Yeah. Uh, Emerson from Chelsea as well. They were after a, a forward, and you know their big buy was uh, it was about thirty two. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, thirty two yeah. million, something like that. So uh, that's a trump card to obviously watch out for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know how much they've brought in a bit of sort of squad filler, knowing that they're going to have a European campaign. There might be a little bit of that. It's probably almost a little bit too early to tell what kind of business they've done. You know, we we did ours very early. They've done theirs much later, so it'll take them that time to bed them in. And obviously, you know, depending on if any of them are sort of an inst- have instant impact. Yeah, I mean, speaking of our business, a little bird told me that uh, any rational person will know Villa have just lost. Uh, we brought Carlos for this season was probably the, uh, in terms of him being at the peak of his powers this season and next yeah. season. So we've just lost one, pretty much uh, a whole season. A big chunk of that 26 million is from this season. You know, most of that 26 million fee would be, you were looking uh, in terms of effectiveness this season and next season. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, it's a bonus if he's still the first choice. Mm-hmm. But so to lose that, it's a, it's a real punch in the gut and also they you know identified the center back right at the uh, start uh, of of the window and as i said in uh, if you get the newsletter that i send out astonvilla.wtf make sure you subscribe www.astonvilla.wtf as i was saying in that uh, villa obviously do, did their due diligence scouted the center backs did their shortlist obviously identified Carlos uh, let's presume he was first choice and did their damnedest to get him early before uh, he got on the radars of uh, anybody else who had you know had a chance to talk to anybody else you know I'm sure he had a few conversations here and there but so they got that over the line 
so when he gets that injury, the first thing they do is they pull out the file with the research they've done. And uh, allegedly, seven of those centre-backs on that provisional list have all now signed for other clubs. And then the two that didn't sign for new clubs have signed new contracts at their existing clubs. So there is no uh, research to fall back on or ones they fancied that they did, you know, obviously in-depth analytics, uh, scouting, et cetera, et cetera, reports uh, on. So it's a fresh slate. And now they're really looking for it if opportunity knocks. But you'd think there must be developed a little bit in there because surely you wouldn't let Courtney Hawes go out on loan. Well, that's that's what I was thinking. Unless I mean, you're thinking I, you must have something semi-close or something you're confident of getting. Yeah, I mean, I wrote you know an article. Basically, it's a sign because you know Gerard in a press conference spoke. You know, we still got three centre backs. We got Courtney Horse coming back from uh, injury. He made a point of mentioning Courtney Horse. Now, you know, people are saying, well, you know, Courtney Horse. It was agreed for him to go out on loan. And you think, well, yeah, fair enough when Carlos came. But obviously, he's been injured, so he's not going anywhere while he's injured. But then when Carlos got injured, you're thinking, well, actually, that injury is a blessing in disguise because Courtney Hawes is still on the book. So, okay, it's not like uh, exactly what you wanted. But considering the circumstances, let's go with what we've got. We've got four centre-backs. Let's go. And then he disappears and you think, okay, three centre-backs, we need to get somebody in. And then you're expecting them 24 hours after Courtney Horse was confirmed maybe to announce something. And then as somebody reminded me, do you remember when we uh, Steve Bruce loaned out uh, Tommy Elphick when only Chester was yes. the only fit centre back in we the did squad, a play, like Yedinak and stuff? <laughs> so this is Aston Villa, folks. So uh, sometimes logic uh, is thrown out the window. And I, I think I said in the article, I don't want to hear Gerard say, "Well, we've got Kamara who can cover at centre back." And it's like, oh, who's going to play in midfield if he plays in centre back? <laughs> we have. Uh, a few days left uh, before the window, so uh, it's going to be interesting. There was nobody uh, at the uh, recent fan consultation group meeting that was, uh, let's say, in the uh, player recruitment side of things but obviously they hear things here and there and and really the centre-back was a focus for sure, you know, I can say that and, uh, you know, they are looking but it's not as if they're uh, rubbing their hands. So sometimes when there's something happening, uh, you know, there'll be apologies for being late because we're just, you know, sorting out a signing at the moment. There was no, no, no indications like that, no little uh, insights like that on that uh, side of things I can offer up. So it's kind of a wait and see. But at the same time, you can't just get any... They're not in the business of just getting anybody in at this stage because there's a bloated squad. They don't want squad filler. They don't need squad filler. Uh, you could argue, well, a, a fourth centre-back isn't... You need a bit of squad filler because you need a fourth centre-back. But I don't know. They probably would go for Kamara coverage uh, on the off chance that two centre-backs get injured rather than uh, putting another wage on the bill. Or you, know, you, you give Feeney his opportunity or someone like that. Yeah, which is if they, you know, if they don't pick up results, then you don't really want to be throwing him into the fire uh, in a struggling team. Yeah, so it is a bit of a tightrope, and uh, I still think you know if we got a a top midfielder in, and and I think that's a position to be honest would have been sorted out early. Uh, I I have a feeling they just didn't get the man they were after because you would imagine Gerard would be quite specific. and if they didn't get him, it's not as if you've got like a clone, you know, a couple of clones of that exact type of player. 
No, and you, you just thought that if it wasn't a deal they could do before the season, you'd think, well, who's just all of a sudden going to pop up and become available that we actually want? Yeah. Bearing in mind in that position, you want somebody who's better than what you've got, yeah. which is, you could say, reasonably difficult on paper. I know some of our guys haven't been informed, but in terms of finding somebody you think, you know, all the stats and everything else shows that, okay, this guy's better. It's good money, put it that way, because... Yeah, you're uh... spending good money to level up that midfield. Because we kind of know the numbers that would be involved to if we were to sell them again or a Louise or someone like that. Well, I mean, I, you know, I've laughed at the, the headlines of McGinn when it was 40, 50 million to Manchester United. I was like, yes, please, come on, let's go, let's go, let's do this. But, you know, it's not realistic. But, you know, Louise, McGinn, to to level up on them, you, you, you're over 20 for sure. Sh- yeah, yeah. Unless you get lucky. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You could pull a rabbit out of the hat, but you just, it's, it's potluck. You just never know. And centre-back, I think loan is probably the, the best way to go and the safest way to go. I mean, I look at, I mean, I know that they lost the game in the end, but you look at the business that Everton did at centre-back and you kind of think Tarkowski and Connor Cody as a loan and a freebie, respectively. You kind of go, well, on paper, that's a kind of a low-risk. That's good That's good business. That's I good think. business. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of low-risk. And if you, need to, if you think you need to go and spend money on a big name, then you can do that. But they're low-risk signings and they're good, experienced pros. Yeah, don't know if Cody would have come to Villa. Uh, I mean, he gets on well with Mings, but I don't know if how how that would sit with the Wolves. Uh, massive, but yeah, we, we shall see. In terms of this game, uh, I, I'm more optimistic just by the more I uh, look into the West Ham situation, and you know they've got the same fan issues as we have on social media, and uh, you know they're in Europe for God's sake, and they're all already snipering and pressurizing Moyes. Well, there's this kind of narrative I saw that essentially, oh, well, you know, we we could have cut, we could have got top four and fucked it up. And you think, well, with, with the greatest respect, guys, West Ham should never be in the hunt for top four. You did very well yeah. to punch above your weight the last two seasons. Bearing in mind where you st- where you finished the season, we stayed up. You're only like two places and about three points ahead of us. You know, they really got their shit together and got a lot of time for what they did. They, I, I remember, I remember we discussed it a couple of times that we were so impressed with that side that came to Villa Park and battered Villa four-one. Yeah. It's one of the best teams that came to Villa Park in terms of organisation and very much respect for players like Declan Rice and Suchek's um, partnership, etc. They had a steeliness. Everything seems relatively positive there, unless it's this thing of the the discontent with the man, the sort of the ownership and the stadium situation just means that a little bit like ours, the fan base have this sort of baseline of being quite highly strung yeah but unfortunately though uh, Villa West Ham uh, <laughs> we've Villa have got one win in the last 12 games against West Ham and so uh, we're not going into this game lightly saying well they haven't had a shot on you know they haven't fashioned a proper goal scoring opportunity yet this will be a great it, opportunity will they will they will get one uh, in this game for sure but uh, one win in 12 all you, it's all you need to know I mean the last time we beat them was the old uh, Tom Cleverley goal when Tim Sherwood was the manager it was a, a really big really big Big win that one. At the Grealish time, ghosted in and uh, laid it off to him, and uh, yeah, it was a good, very good win, very useful win, and that was pretty much the last. That was the win we needed. I think we beat Everton as well, and that was the uh, the win that pretty much. Yeah, we beat Spurs. Didn't we? I remember yeah. we beat Spurs at White Lane. It was sort of a big few weeks, and we got a bit of momentum, and then yeah. faded at the end, and obviously went into the. Uh, I think we were safe, and then you're concentrating on the FA Cup. Yeah. And, uh, that, well, we won't go into that. No, let's not. I mean, before that, I think it was from. I think it was like April 2011. If you trace it back, the last ten games from that, it, actually West Ham only had one win in ten. So there's like cycles of this, uh, and unfortunately, we're current. Currently in uh, the 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 arse end of this cycle, 
with uh, one win in 12. It was West Ham that had, uh, at the start of the 2000s, had uh, one win in 10 so uh, that's been flipped i mean this is you know one of the worst decades in our in our history or recent history for sure yeah. so hopefully uh i mean as well as getting the momentum going for this season in terms of uh, West Ham relations, uh, it would be good to get a win. Uh, let's put it that way. And also, the, the, I remember we said at the start of the season, I'd really start judging Villa from this one because I think it's a good litmus test against a team who you would kind of expect to be in and around at some point come yeah. May. And uh, like us, they're not not in tune at the moment, but probably we're, you know, if we, if, if we beat West Ham, you, you're suddenly looking at, in all competitions, one, three, lost two. And... Uh, it's not the worst start. It's is not it? the worst start. Put it that way. So uh, let's let's put your balls on the line here. Uh, the mom's pulls panel result. Uh, home what win. are you going for? I'm going for a home win on this one. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to start hedging my bets now. <laughs> I'm going score draw. Didn't we say that against Palace and that went horribly wrong, didn't it? Uh, yes, but this is a home game. <laughs> I think we were both leaning towards score draw, but probably not. Yeah, this this, is, it was early season. This is a score draw and better rather than score draw if we're lucky. Yeah, so uh, Aston Villa versus West Ham. Home win. Home win. Stroke score draw. Right, uh, we will leave it at that. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for the uh, My Old Man Said members for uh, supporting the show. Uh, I'll do the uh, new shout-outs uh, in the main edition of uh, the podcast. If you want to support the show and get access to ad-free versions of this podcast and the main podcast, plus extra shows, and also exclusive membership of Match Club, which is our 24-7 community, which is it's basically the inner circle, so uh, you get to know everything uh, before anybody else please do go to myomansaid.com and click on uh, the members link uh, and uh, join up there or get further details don't forget to subscribe to astonvilla.wtf as well the newsletter so you get that in your inbox uh, when it drops no bs all interesting information on villa right we got some shit to do before uh, we can even consider going to the West Ham game. So we, we better get on it. In a bit. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.